Welcome to the Outer Twilight Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12, where Andrew and I do something we've never done before, and we have a special guest joining us. So first off, Andrew, how are you today? I am fabulous, Mike. How are you? I'm pretty good. Actually, I'm pretty excited because not only do we have a guest, but it is a dear friend and uh, actually a uh, little glimpse behind behind the uh, scenes here. If I had had my way, this is the person that would have been my best man at my wedding, but uh, my uh, future wife uh, said no, so Andrew got the job. <laughs> and uh, but so it's interesting guess- how you're somehow introducing <clears throat> Christy and backhand insulting me somehow, but you know whatever, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> you. You're kind of my second best man. I'm the yeah, factory. Se- I'm the factory second. That's yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Backhanded. Yeah, that's how I do it. So, <laughs> so joining us today is Christy Regal, who both Andrew and I went to school with a long, long, long time ago. And let's not say how long. No, yeah. it's uh, it'll remain a mystery. But uh, if you've been following the podcast, you have a pretty good idea. But So Christy is joining us today to talk about her experience with specifically fandom. We're going to be doing a series of podcasts, a series of episodes on um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of fandom in today's kind of social media, internet-saturated world. And we thought this would be really good way to bring those two things together. So first off, welcome, Christy. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Andrew. It's really nice to see you. Glad to have you on. So we don't have an actual format for this. We're just going to have a conversation about about things. So Christy, can you give, <laughs> put you on the spot, give us a brief little overview of, uh, of Christy? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, so I'm Christy. I'm old enough for my knees to creak, but not old enough to know all the oldies on the elevator yet. Um, I have two kids. I love dogs and movies and all sorts of stuff that has to do with geeky stuff. Nice. My latest geek out is D and D. I find myself in way too many groups because that's how. <laughs> that's so do you sort play? Of how do, been... So do you play one character through all, or are you different? No, characters? no. Oh wow! I I'm like a dice hoarder, and I have like a dice bag for each character I play. Oh, I'm in way too many groups right now, <laughs> but that's how. That's what got me through COVID, and even mm. now, that's how I do community because it's that's how I connect with some huh. people. So, yep, that's, yeah, that's just me in a nutshell. A bit of a geek, a bit of a mom, a bit of an animal lover. So Nice. Would you say that you're an extrovert? Like I'm like an ambivert. Ah, so fair enough. I like to have my alone time and recharge, but I also really like people. So mm. it depends on the moment. Yeah, no, I just, when you're talking about the community of being multiple D&D groups over, like, to me, that sounds exhausting, but I, I I think it's awesome that you do it. Like, I think it's great. Everybody should have their own fandom, but my preference is sort of like, if I'm with somebody, let's watch a movie so that we all shut up. But it, it's 
Well, <laughs> see, that's the love of it. So I don't have to do idle, small talk, chit chat. It's like, here's the story. Here's the thing. Collaborate and figure out a solution. And I'm like, yes, I don't have to small talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right so, perfect. So I don't know necessarily where to start this, but uh I will start it with uh, part of the reason that I thought of you specifically was I just remember a Facebook post probably a few years ago of you dressed up doing some cosplay at a fan expo in Calgary, I presume. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was parasol protectorate cosplay or something like that. Yes. So, so tell us about that. Like what was that experience? What, you do this often? Well, yeah, I have. No, I don't just walk down the street and cosplay and hope that people notice. But um, so cosplaying can be a really big, serious thing. There's like a whole industry and like people who get their photos taken. I'm just a dabbler. So um, I've always loved dressing up. When I was a teacher, I would use any excuse and dress up for all the days mm. and um so i kind of dress up and do a bit of cosplaying for some of the things that i like when it is cause when you go to those comic expos because that's about the only time you can do it yeah, when is the, the calgary so, one coming? Yeah. it's relatively soon isn't it it's, is it it's April? pretty soon i think so and i don't have my ticket my tickets i'm ashamed to say i don't have my tickets yet but who's there this year I don't even know this year because I've been like, am I going? Am I not going? Wow. Yeah. This is a dud guest, Mike. My goodness. <laughs> don't know. Anything yeah. About it. yeah. <laughs> pass on this one. You know, I just, what are some of your fandoms, I guess? Like what are the okay, things that so, really you yeah. get stoked about? And, and I guess maybe what are the common about? ones and what are maybe okay. one or two of the ones that are very you? That's a good idea. Yeah. So um, one of my big fandoms is Harry Potter stuff. But that's become controversial. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Anything that I, this is why I'm like, I'm a fan. I'm not a fanatic. Because anytime you tell somebody you're a fan, they're like, oh, and they just want to like tell you all the things they hate about it. <laughs> so I like Harry Potter stuff. I like D&D stuff is my other fandom. Um, and I kind of like like the Marvel stuff and the stories. But lately I've been kind of off of that. Um, and I used to love Doctor Who. That nice. was like my thing. But with the latest Doctor, I kind of got like, mm. I got off of that too, because there was just so much going on and people going off. So I haven't watched except for the first two episodes of Doctor Who. So yeah, I, what else have I done? And then I like, like, I like fantasy books and fantasy movies, but Again, people get so passionate about it and they're like, oh, do you know all these details or, oh, do you know all the bad things about why you shouldn't like this fandom? And I'm like, just chill. Just let me like what I like. So I'm kind of like a closet fan on many, many things. But yeah, yeah, I think it's that meta thing is the thing I've been trying to wrap my head around because that's really what we're kind of circling when you're talking about that, I think, is the the meta aspect of if I'm going to be a fan of something, I need to know that the creators involved, the storylines and all that kind of stuff match my 
I don't know how you'd put it, like your moral structure or your moral mm. uh, compass, I guess. And I really have a hard time with that because, <clears throat> um, I mean, I'm somebody, well, I actually just, it was infuriating to me this morning. I read a story that Roald Dahl, I don't know, because Roald Dahl would be one of my earliest fandoms as a kid. And oh, Roald, me too. Roald Dahl, there, his actual estate, I guess, which I would think he'd be pretty furious in his grave, but they are correcting the language. So they took out like words like fat. So Augustus Glute, for example, in, in it was the example that was in the article too, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that like it says that he's fat. It flat out says he's fat in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and now mm-hmm. the language is kind of like, they took out the word fat, but it's basically the language is still like, you know, he was huge. He had folds of skin. Like it's like, so he's fat. But, <laughs> but, oh. but I really have a hard time though changing like, an author's writing and their language when you cannot get their permission. Um, mm-hmm. I would rather if they're going to say, we're not going to publish them until we figure out what to do about this rather than fix or change the language. I, that really bothers me, but it's that meta thing where people feel now that it has to come from a pure source. It is sort of, so to speak, right? Like where like, I don't understand personally I don't understand why I shouldn't like Harry Potter because of stuff the author may or may not have done. I don't actually Mm -hmm. necessarily feel like I need to know everything about an author or a creator in order to enjoy a material. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I I think it's really hard because like I, okay, if you're going to go with source material even of comics and how like, what was like society like in there it was very sexist it was very much like machismo right yeah and so then can we are we gonna hate everything because that's what it was like or uh yeah or like if you look at um tolkien like yeah he has amazing stuff but i'm sure they could find ways to like change that too you know and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious it's reading about atheists who are like, oh, Tolkien wasn't Christian when he's flat out said, <laughs> I wrote it with Catholic mentality in mind. Like, that's why I did it. And they're like, no, he didn't. It's like, he himself said it. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I understand that people are trying to be sensitive to people, mm-hmm. uh, their experiences and what they're going through. But it almost feels like it's going too far sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's hard to know where the line is. And people want so badly for their opinions to be the right opinions. That's a big thing. With mm. it, It's like that. Um, well, it's in Stand By Me is where I remember it in pop culture. But like where when you're younger, you have conversations about like who would win a fight between like, you know, and actually my son does this quite frequently. You know, who would win a fight between like Superman and Batman? And it's like, oh, you know, so like, yeah, there's that aspect of taking that to like an angry component where somebody, you know, if there's opinion is Batman, it's like, no, you're wrong. There's no way Superman, no way, uh, uh-uh, would never happen, you know, and, and is like vigilant and like protective of that opinion when it's like, who really gives a crap? Like, it's not, it's a theoretical conversation anyway. It's not like we're really going to see this, um, in reality. Right. But, uh. I find that we're even more divisive. I don't know what COVID did to us in our brains, but I find that we are very divisive people. Mm-hmm. And like you can see that it started with the politics in the United States when 
do I say the bad word? Or sorry, maybe you like him, Trump. Like it, <laughs> it people got very divisive. They're like, you're either this or you're this. There is no in between. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they started to bring that divisiveness up into Canada. You're either this or you're this. And so, and then it's starting to trickle into like fandoms and stuff. Either you like this or you don't like this. You either, uh, and people do it the wrong way too. They're like, okay, so if you like Marvel right now, well, it's just all feminist right now. And, and it's a bait and switch. One of my friends said, the movies aren't really about Doctor Strange. The movies aren't really about (laughs) those characters. They drag you in saying they're about this, and then they're actually really about the main feminine character. So if you like Marvel right now, you like, you're a feminist, and you you hate men. I'm like, whoa, whoa, where are we going with this, you know? Or, or like on the opposite side, someone's like, if you don't like this movie that's about two gay men, then you're a, then you're a hater of people. And I'm like, oh my god. Good heavens. People are just, they're very, I just, I find people being so divisive and so like black and white. It's just, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one finding that. Oh, no, we see it all the time. Like, I've noticed that so often where it's, they take a little, yeah, I don't care for this movie. So they decide what the theme is of that movie. And so then you must be, you hate that thing in your entire life and for all things. And it's just, it seems insane to me, but I think it's part of that, that everything has to be carried out to the, to the max degree. Cause we, we, we do see that in politics. We see that in life all the time where it's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a government or a party, you know, whatever group says, okay, well, we're thinking of doing this. And so there, this thought exercise automatically happens where we take it to the absolute, extreme of what it could be and that's what their true intent is um you know so you know they make a movie about captain marvel a female superhero and suddenly marvel has this agenda to make every character female and just Uh i don't i get it where it's coming from because yeah we've seen where there there have been people who've become very successful by being very divisive and by pushing everything to the extreme, you match that in where, you know, we had a, you know, we had a three year period where everybody had a lot of time to be online and, uh-huh. you know, and so it just kind of, it, it grew from that and, and it got worse and worse, but, uh, it, it makes me sad, um, just to see what it's going, um, where things have gone and, the the innocence, yeah. like I remember when I first experienced comic books as a kid. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about okay, what's the theme of this? What's the what's the underlying belief system of the creator? I didn't even know who the creator was. You know, for the most part, when I was reading a comic book, it was like, ooh, it's colorful and it's funny, and you know, <laughs> and you know, and it's engaging, and I miss. I miss that that childlike innocence of consuming my entertainment. Like even, you yeah. know, going to, to Ant-Man and the Wasp, where one of the actors, you know, right before I went, came across an article where one of the actors, um, you know, was part of protests against this and that. And it's kind of like, and I could feel my brain going like, 
oh, well, this person believes something very different than what I believe. And it's like, no, idiot. It's like one person. And you know what? Everyone in my life has different beliefs than I do about all kinds of things. You know, it's, yeah, fine, whatever. You know, even if I think that they're completely corrupt and wrong in their beliefs, like, whoop-de-doo, I can't prove that I'm right. And, like, I see this a lot, and I don't mean to keep going on and on here, but, you know, with the Flash movie coming up. And where the main actor in the Flash movie has done some really, you know, is alleged to have done some really bad things, you know, and has admitted to doing some really bad things. And they aren't, haven't been in a good place. And indications are they are trying to make things better, but whether that's the studio forcing them to do that or whatever, but I also saw a perspective of somebody with a very measured saying, yeah, it's one person. Yes, it's the face of the movie, but there are hundreds and hundreds of people who worked on this movie who, Hmm. you know, their reputation might depend on this movie. And is it fair to all those people to completely not, you know, to shelf this movie? Like there's people saying that this movie should be shelved because the star made a long series of bad decisions and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's difficult, but. Well, and I, um, I think that you raise some interesting points, like particularly like, uh, you know, one of the really bad parts about fandom and the way this stuff works seemingly too, is that there's a filling in of information that isn't there. There's a certain amount of creativity <laughs> that works with, with some of these ideas, like with Ezra Miller, right. Who has, Yes, gone through a struggle. He's also publicly apologized and has said that he's seeking, they. like to seeking to make amends, and he's he's getting help and he's you know doing the things that he needs. And I think what's really frustrating is then when people fans go, well, yeah, whatever, it's Hollywood. They you know like he's probably just doing that for this, that, and the other reason. And it's like, well. How are, what is the mechanism that are we just saying this person is never, ever going to be of value to us again? Like they, they, Mm. a person can't come back from that. I can't forgive them as a fan. Like this person didn't do anything to me. There was nothing done directly to me. And so if a person apologizes and says, I have sorted myself out and it's not all the time that it happens, but it does happen more often than we give credit for. When do we say Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad. That's awesome. That means, you know, for me personally, I'm choosing to take it as I can enjoy the flesh and not feel bad about it no matter what, because I believe him. I believe them, I should say. I I believe them and I believe that this is a new path. And if if they remain the flesh, great. You know, I keep hearing pushing for like, let's bring Grant Gustin in as, you know, let's replace him. And it's like, who cares? I mean, and it's happened with Marvel with Brie Larson, um, who apparently it's just we want her replaced because she's a woman. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, I think that when studios or others make mistakes and they own up to them and go, I've made a mistake, I don't understand why we as fandom get to be. And I mean, it's no surprise that whole gatekeeper phrasing is is used is because it's like I don't understand why we get to be the judge, jury and executioner for people when it's supposed to be about the content they're making, not specifically about 
about them. Well, and I think but further people like the negative. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, no. And, I was going to say people like the negative. You know, yeah. it it makes a better story that he did all this horrible stuff, and it makes us feel good about ourselves when we can be like, "But I'm not like that. I didn't do that thing." Mm-hmm. And oh, I get a little bit of power out of oh, I can just like stick it to him by not seeing his movie, and look at the power I just got from that. Well, and I think mm-hmm. further, well, and building on that and further to your other point, like part of it is we have this internet and social media that provides a megaphone for a lot of people. And a lot of it is grandstanding to get attention on themselves. That's a lot of mm-hmm. it. But I think also, and further to your point earlier, is that then I go see The Flash and I publicly say, you know, I went to The Flash, I really enjoyed it. And how many people are going to be saying, oh, then you must condone, you know, uh, all these things that Ezra Miller did. And you must believe that those things are good. And it's like, those are two completely unrelated things. It's like, if I read a Harry Potter book, suddenly I don't believe that transgender is blah, blah, blah. And all the, you know, the stuff that JK Rowling is getting involved in. No, it's, I'm reading a book, you know, and it'd be different if the book was about that topic and was saying that this is the way things are. And then I was, but it has nothing to do with it. And it's just, it's become so convoluted and too many people who want to make, their 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 power their moments of fame on you know dissing trashing extrapolating to the nth degree and stuff like that but and there is an oddly puritanical component i think in a weird way where it's like if a person a creator is not up to snuff then i'm going to burn their books essentially and i'm going to boycott them i'm going to and i i mean i struck like i can't think of a single creator so you know, my favorite author, Stephen King, he wrote, he has admitted that he wrote, he doesn't remember writing Cujo because he was on cocaine. He, uh, oh, you know, he's done. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And has dealt with addiction and stuff like that. So if back then when that was happening, would we apply the same judgment to him? Go back even further. William Shakespeare. Um, for one thing, we don't even know exactly whether he is who he was, but we, we, uh, you know, there is no shortage of controversy in his life. Virtually anybody famous, uh, Mozart, um, you know, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, uh, pretty much any composer from back in the day, if you were judging them based on their, their morality. Um, and it, it's funny cause it's not morality in a, in a certain way, it's morality in all directions. So I can, you know, there's people who will be like, Oh, JK Rowling, I hate her who, and then there's a response. that's also going, well, I love her now, you know? And it's like, hmm. yes. why? Right? <laughs> who cares? Like, it's, this is not the same. We're not talking about the creative component here. Um, right. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to whether like, so Christy, you've been actively playing D and D. Um, and there was a lot of controversy with D and D recently in, in oh, social media. Yeah, and that stuff went down because of. Uh, and I don't know. Do you know much about what I'm talking about, Mike? Where uh, basically D and D was saying that if you've done homebrewed content, they own it. Uh, is kind yeah, of so more or less what they were. <laughs> my friend flirting with. as my friends explained it to me. Hasbro who now owns the West yeah. wizards of the West coast is, you know, trying to rake back in the money because yeah. for years they made it all open source. And yeah, you can, these belong to us, but the rest belong to you. But uh, the D and D movies coming up and there are people making a buttload of money 
off of the D&D stuff. Like, look at, for example, um, like uh, Vox Machina. They are yeah, Critical, critical Role, yeah. right? Oh, they're another of my fandoms. Love them. So, um, but if you... So, okay, so how do we rake in the money up? See, this is the cynic in me. People are cynical. So it's like, how do we get that back? Well, now that is our content and you owe us this much and this much money. And people were just livid at what they heard was coming out. And so actually one of my groups, he's like, that's it. We're not using the D&D rules anymore. We're going to try the fate core system. And I'm like, okay, but you're a D&D purist. If you want to try using... <laughs> A different kind of rule books. We could try it, but yeah, it's oh man. Well, yeah, and it, people... I think it's one of those things. Like, I think I could see it being more reasonable if it was kind of like from this point forward, we're going to start doing this. Mm. But there was a big concern about it being retroactive. So basically, anything yeah. that you had done in the past now was their ip like their like if you'd created characters that were popular if you'd created like if you had used their system to do that then it would essentially belong to them or you would owe them sort of like licensing basically as i as i understand yeah and yeah and i mean when you look at D and its inception yeah. as being like a tool for unlocking your imagination um mm -hmm. it's that is the ip right it's the, the ip is the tools by which so it's sort of like saying, you know, well, you used our hammer to build your house, so it's our house. And <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> but, I mean, Hasbro's stock took it in the teeth for doing that. And, you know, it's, yeah, it was a dumb move. Well, and then they also tried to, rather than just apologize, they said, oh, that wasn't actually supposed to get out. Um, well, it was, so what had happened... <laughs> is apparently it was like all these leaks yeah. that were sent out about the document. Everybody likes conspiracy. Yes. Everybody likes an us versus them kind of thing, you know, like that comes back to the fandoms. What are they really up to? And, and what is the conspiracy behind this? Oh, well, the conspiracy behind um, Ender's game is the author feels this way. The conspiracy behind, uh, Harry Potter is the author's this. Well, do you remember when all of those Harry Potter books came out? And it was like practically illegal to read those books if you were a Christian. Like they're like, yeah. you must be into witchcraft and sorcery. So I had these books. So here I was, a grown adult. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. What's the big fuss about these books? So I'm like, I'll read it for myself. And I was like smuggling them into my house. Isn't that? <laughs> being like i'm not a witch i'm not a witch but these are really good books i, I found it I, one of my greatest joys as a pastor in the cynical direction was that i was i loved harry potter and i had a lot of parishioners because i was in a big church in the lower mainland of british columbia at the time and i had a lot of parents that were like oh i'm really worried about harry potter harry potter's terrible i'm going on about harry potter and that the last book hadn't come out yet and then it turns out harry's basically like a jesus analog right like he sacrifices oh, himself to save others yes. right? and defeats yes. the devil and all this kind of thing and i i just sort of was like had an immense amount of satisfaction because i'd been telling them like and my theology professor in seminary too was like sometimes the story is just a story like people are because mm. harry potter in, when i was in seminary was already becoming super controversial and it's like sometimes the story is just a story you know and a person isn't trying to you know put all of their 
who they are into a story or not. And, and like, just because it has words like magic. And I mean, one of the big things is like, because when Harry Potter was popular, Lord of the Rings, the films were coming out. And so there was a lot of like, but what's the difference? I mean, Gandalf's a wizard. Right. And like, so, and he uses magic. So what is the difference? Because the author was Catholic and we know that that means that, Lord of the Rings is good magic and Harry Potter is bad magic. No, that's not well, how what I, lots of bad Sorry. magic yeah. in that movie. There well, was lots I, of bad magic in yeah. it. Well, what I don't get is like, Sorry. it's like these parents are like, you know, Oh, well, yeah. Some, some aspects of Christian parenting is, yeah, we don't want our kids reading Harry Potter because they're going to start believing in magic in that. You can believe in magic all you want. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. You know, it, it doesn't make it all of a sudden real. You're not going to be starting to talk to snakes and snakes talking back to you. You're not going to be able to cast spells and stuff as no matter how hard you believe it. It's like sometimes they come across as like they think that if we believe in something hard enough, then that is what makes it true. And it's like, I wonder how much of your faith is actually rooted in Jesus is real only because you believe in him, not because he exists. And, but no, but you guys, you guys are coming to the party late. Oh, wait, hey, wait just a second here. You guys are coming to the party late. I grew up in the eighties with D and D where there was the huge. Yeah. And, you know, it was huge. Like, and there's what the Tom Hanks movie, what was that? Mazes and Monsters, where, you know, the kid gets so wrapped up into it. And then what does he commit suicide or he die? Whatever. I can't even remember what the storyline was. But oh, yeah. And, there was totally that mythos there that people wanted oh, to. Yeah. Oh, did you know Adventures in Odyssey? Did I not know this to them? But they did an episode in Adventures in Odyssey about the evils of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Time well I'm spent. Like, well, okay, so, so uh, oh, that's a thing. Okay, so I want to tell you this story about about a mutual friend of all of ours, and I'm not going to use names, but well, I know Andrew at least is going to know who I'm talking about almost instantly. But freaking out, you have to but, start telling the story. Yeah, I know, freaking out about the fact that I play D and D, you know, and Dungeons and Dragons, you know, and and oh, it's evil, and it's oh, it's just crater on evil, and it's just promotes evil type of thing, and and so I just turned to this individual i'm not even going to use gender and they said so do you play monopoly oh yeah my family loves monopoly oh yeah what's the main point of monopoly well you know to you know as the person's trying to explain friends to to (laughs) to have more than everyone else to bankrupt everyone else and what's the redeeming quality and all that basically it's a game that is teaching you that the best way to win is by making sure that nobody else else has anything and that you have everything. There are no redeeming qualities to that. Whereas in D&D, it's about imagination. It's about creativity. It is a tool that can be used to enhance, you know, cooperation and collaboration and creativity and, um, you know, and, you know, and at that time, the party that I was playing, the campaign that I was doing, they were all, we were all lawful good characters and we were out trying to destroy evil. Like we were literally going the, you know, the, the I'll, I'm using air quotes for those of you who aren't benefiting from the video feed. Um, the, 
the best qualities of D and D in, you know, from that perspective. And it's just like, and that conversation ended up with that individual crying. Uh, Cause. No. <laughs> Well, it's and a great I, tactic to stop the conversation, oh. I guess. But I, I, mean, I call sorry. it, I call D&D collaborative storytelling yeah. is what I call it. Yeah, oh, which is something I think I struggled to wrap my head around. Because, um, I, I mean, like my Shadowrun experiences when I was younger were a lot of, like, when you hear the joking about D&D, right? It's like, you know, the people sitting around a table and someone, you know, the D- dungeon master's like, you walk into a bar and then somebody's like, I'm going to get totally hammered. You know, and it's sort of like not very like it, it's very like. Is there girls there? I'm gonna flirt with the girl, and it, you know, it's kind of very, um, you know, sort of seen as somewhat juvenile, which is kind of what was my experiences. And so I never had a problem with Dungeons and Dragons as a storytelling thing. It was more just like, is it, it is it going to really pull me in? Especially because the fantasy setting isn't really my thing i do have to say that i think for me a big part of it is playing with friends right playing or playing with people Mm -hmm. i know and having that connection with my daughter is awesome too and Mm -hmm. working you know it's sort of especially for myself where i have a disability that doesn't allow me much travel or being able to be mobile having an adventure with her even if it's just in our head is fun and different and something cool um and i think that's what's so awesome about fandoms i guess i just struggle with like where when I want to have, I, I think what I have to try and wrap my head around because I feel like it's my responsibility is that when I'm hearing things from other people, uh, whether that's strangers or people I know is that I'm the one that's in control of how I feel about a situation. And I'm not going to let anyone tell me how to feel about a circumstance. And I think that a lot of the fandom arguments that happen, you know, it is partly that, a person insisting that they are right with a capital R when there is no right Mm -hmm. or wrong in a lot of given situations, but also telling me how I feel. Well, you're really angry about this or you should be really angry or like Mike was uh, talking about and you too, Christy mentioned it, you know, like when someone is basically, if you support this, then this is who you are. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but that isn't who I am. And you can't tell me who I am and just, doesn't matter how loud you speak you're not going to make it more you're not going to be more right or more wrong you you just are who you are and i don't have to accept what you are saying i don't have to accept your hypothesis that i'm a bad person because i like this that or the other thing and like as i said before really if you want to find something wrong with every artist you can find something wrong with every artist um oh yeah of, of we, any, we would kind, have any, very, any kind of creator. We'd have very few movies and music to listen to if we stopped listening to all the stuff that were, was made by people who made mistakes um, yeah. or did mm. or, or consciously or, you know, accidentally made bad choices. There would be very, very little. And even the stuff that uh, that we think is good um, or by good people. Again, there's the air quotes. Um we're all, you know, okay, not to get too, too, you know, Christian, we're all sinful people. We all screw up in different ways and it's, you know, accept it, move on, love what you want to love and let other people love what they want to love. Uh, yeah. as far as fandom goes, you know, yeah. there are, there obviously there's lines out there, but okay. Okay. So what I want to steer is maybe a little bit more specific into your experience, Christy. Um, I want to take advantage of the fact that we have, that we have a guest here and 
I'll frame it this way. So can you think of like a really, really good positive experience that you've had from your fandom? Yes, actually. So talking about the negative stuff, the positive stuff is when somebody sees something that you're wearing or doing and they're like, you're doing that too. And you're like, yes, I am too. So there's this podcast. um, It's called The Adventure Zone. And it's by three brothers and their dad. They were doing an online D&D. And my friend got me so into this, The Adventure Zone. And I started listening to it. And I'm like, oh, this is a good story. And then we all went to the Comic Expo dressed as various characters. Okay, this is not like a top tier. This is not like Critical Role. This is a podcast for geeks, okay? Sorry, my friends, but we all are. So they... They, I dressed in this stuff, and somebody was like, are you dressed as so-and-so? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. You, you know who I am? They're like, I love that show. And I'm like, I love that show. And they're like, do you remember this moment? And I'm like, yes, I remember this moment. So it was like, we had this automatic connection. I'm like, oh, by the way, my name is Christy. What's your name? So... Like, we had a connection. Mm -hmm. We make, like, so often we don't make connections as humans. And this is what we are all built for is making these connections. And because we had the same fandom and the same love, and we're like, oh, I get it. I see what you're doing. And that is some of the best that I've ever had is when you make those just, like, boom, instant connections with people because of the fandom that you're a part of because they like the same thing that you do and then you have something to talk about because for somebody like me that hates small talk doesn't know where to start and the weather in your job gets hard to talk about to have something else to be like hey oh you like this thing too let's like talk about this thing we both like i think it's yeah i love it i think for a lot of fans of different things for a long time like when we were younger (laughs) when we were younger being fans of certain things meant you felt sort of alone or you were worried that people would tease you or make fun of you because you enjoyed those things like you know for correct me if i'm wrong mike but playing D &D, you know when you're in the 80s and stuff didn't mean you were automatically really cool uh in in fact it was like you know you're 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 a dork or a nerd or whatever you know and and there's lots of fandoms that are like that you know uh you think i think of you know back when youtube and stuff was just starting and there was the the lightsaber kid right the kid that's got the lightsaber and he's swinging Mm -hmm. it around and you know he got made fun of and teased all the time you know and it was sort of like look at this idiot kind of thing was the the context of the video and i i think what's interesting now is that those of us who have grown up in those kinds of geekdoms still aren't necessarily used to the idea of having a community that people around us that, that have those mutual interests. And it's very exciting when someone shares that interest that you have. And it's like, Oh, I'm not alone. I I shouldn't be ashamed of enjoying this thing. Um, I had an experience a couple of years ago when I had a, um, so one of my favorite movies is Big Trouble in Little China, and I love Kurt Russell, and I love John Carpenter. Uh, is sort of the larger yeah. scale of it, but my prosthetic, so, yeah. my prosthetic at the time was uh, the T-shirt that Jack wears in Big Trouble in Little China, and I was in Walmart of all places uh, in our town, and our town's not very big, but this guy walked by and he was wearing a Jack Burton shirt, so the same design on his shirt that was on my leg, and 
you know, I saw his shirt and I was like, dude, that shirt is awesome. Big Trouble in Little China all the way. He's like, oh, yeah, totally. He's, you know, and then I showed him my leg. He's like, holy crap, that's awesome. You know, and so like we kind of <laughs> we bonded about it. Like, oh, yeah, I love that movie. I watch it at least once a year and, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's when you have these things that, you know, are kind of niche. And you find someone else that enjoys that same niche. It's very exhilarating to have that. That's some of the best things about fandom, I think, is when we have those mutual interactions like that. Um, and I wonder how much the, and I'm not bringing it back into the negativity, but I'm wondering how much of it is that I, as a fan, covet those positive interactions. And so it's really kind of more depressing when you come up against people that are sort of eh, trying to wreck that for you, I guess. Right. Like it's hard when it's oh. kind of like, can't you just leave it alone? Like why, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. So like for all that, you know, for all that people like to find their voice by finding the negative and picking at like Marvel and star Wars and the big ones, we do. I do notice that there is some positivity in finding your people, yeah, so to speak, finding the ones that you connect with, and then it's yeah. That's kind of like also why sometimes I don't tell people some of the things I like mm. until I know them, because I'm like, what are they going to say? What are they going to like? Like the other day, for example, I was in a car dealership, and somebody had the cutest little beagle i love dogs by the way and cats but dogs are my thing right now and i'm like oh he's so cute what's his name and he's like big b I'm like oh you mean like big b wolf and he just didn't listen to me so i'm like oh okay and later we were talking about his dog and i'm like oh yeah you know what that name reminds me of fables reminds me of this like comic series he's like comic series i'm like yeah yeah you know it's like fairy tales and and nowadays, it's like fairy tales. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like this sheriff and his name is Bigby. He's like, okay, get out of town. Actually, he's named after Bigby Wolf. I'm like, yeah, from the Fables comics? He's like, well, yeah, also from like the video game. And I'm like, yeah, I just finished playing that again. And all of a sudden we were like, oh, yeah, Big B. Oh, yeah, Fables. Comics so there was this hesitance stuff. Like, on his part to be kind of like, yes! I don't want to admit he, that this is where the name me. comes from. Yeah. yeah, this like 40-something-year-old woman. He's like, I didn't think you were that much of a geek. <laughs> he said to me, I didn't think you, you would know what that was. And I'm like, are you kidding? So, like, so we kind of like hide our fandoms from each other, too. We're kind of like, this I like so much. Should I tell you about this thing I like? That's like my dog's name. What's your dog's name? Yeah. He's named so my dog is my dog is named Lupin. Oh. And you nice. can tell like... people's level of geekdom <laughs> by how they say the name. They're like, oh, you mean like the flower? Sure. Sure, it's the purple flower. <laughs> oh, you mean like lupus, like wolf, like the Latin wolf. Yeah. Yep. Because he's got blue eyes like a wolf. Yep. You mean, oh, you mean like Lupin, like the French thief from like Netflix. I'm like, yeah, that was a cool show. But then if they go and they look really close at his collar and see the Triwizard yeah. thing and they're like, oh, is he named after Lupin from Harry like Potter? Remus Lupin from Harry Potter? And I'm like, 
Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, it's funny because mine went, Me, I Professor thought you were going Lupin. Lupin like the French thief too. And I was like, you know, when you said the yes. try with, I was like, oh, right. Yes, of course. Lupin from Harry Potter. So, but yeah. Yes. So, I mean, like it is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm, someone's like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, Lupin means a lot of things. It could be this, 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 or this. And somebody was, was like, well, I sure hope it doesn't mean from the Harry Potter. That's just oh, <laughs> that's not a good series. I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah, it means the flower. Totally, totally means the flower. Okay, shh, Rob, shh, take his color off. Take his color off. Thanks for joining us today here on The Outer Twilight. Uh, if you want to continue hearing our conversation with Christy, uh, please join us next week for the follow-up episode. And We're sure glad that you take some time to listen to us each week. Please feel free to give us a subscribe. We'd love that. And you can also find us over uh, on YouTube under the Outer Twilight, as well as most socials. If you search Outer Twilight, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all the good stuff. Thank you for joining us. We're sure glad you came. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.